Danielle Houston. I'm a benefits advisor at Propel Insurance. I'm also the host of this podcast, The Checkup. And I have, I'll call you a favored guest at this point because this is more than one episode. (laughs) So you have given a lot of your time and expertise to us. You are with Primera Blue Cross and you're the product guy. I am. I think you have an official title otherwise, but what's your official title? Um, The official title is Vice President of Product and Market Solutions, but I would say a lot of people here say I'm really just the sales guy who ended up in product. So It seems like a good fit, though. I think so, too. It allows me to kind of get back out in the market every now and then, but when I get back to the shop, I actually can build some things that will make life a little better for people. And that's what Primera wants to do, making healthcare work better. Work better. You got See? it. Yes. Um, so one of the things that I really wanted to be able to explore with you too in one of these episodes, because I think it's really important that members, that employers really have this opportunity to hear more of the story of who Primera really is. Right. So often we make decisions based on rates on a page, based on deductible is X, and we limit a carrier to you're the persons who pay the claims right. and answer customer service phone calls, but we don't get much of an opportunity to hear about the innovation yeah. behind the scenes and to hear what people really are working on in an effort to make healthcare work better. And Primera quietly mm-hmm. does a lot behind the scenes. We do that doesn't always trickle down into the hands and the ears of buyers. I agree. I think, to your point, generally we're viewed as three things. The company that pays my claims, the company that has limited my benefits clearly for very poor reasons that are not meant to help me, and the company that's not given me enough provider choice. And each of those um, comes from a place that I understand but also is a bit more nuanced. And I would say, for instance, on the last one, which we're about to talk about, choice is not always good. That's right. Choice we are actually, paying for choice. We are. And over we are and also over. paying for poor quality. Yes. Under the guise of choice. Yes. And I think that's one of the reasons I'm excited about this topic in particular. And I've touched on this on several different episodes is just because something costs more too doesn't mean it's better. This is not like spa service. It's not like the car that you buy. In fact, healthcare is still one of these things that we keep buying that has such a high cost ticket on it. And yet we often have no idea how much it costs until weeks later when the bill comes up. Mm -hmm. And then often left with that feeling of what I paid for wasn't quite exactly you know, maybe it didn't meet the mark. Maybe that mm-hmm. was a readmit. Maybe it was a doctor that didn't quite listen to me. Maybe yep. it was fill in the blank. Absolutely. So what's Primera doing? I'm really excited about it. I already know what Primera is. <laughs> Good. Yeah. But let's talk about Centers of Excellence. Yes. This is good stuff. Thank you. I think we're, even though the program and brand, Blue Distinction, is something that's been around for a while, I feel comfortable saying that the way we have decided to productize and innovate in the space is something not done not just by any other Blue, but frankly by any other carrier. We have decided to really try to create value across three different areas that I think seem as though they cannot all coexist with one another, but really in our model do. One, 
How can we get people to preeminently high quality hospitals and individual physicians when they need surgical care? Two, how can we, if not entirely, substantially eliminate the bill that would come with that surgery? And three, how can we do it in a way that saves employers money? And I think uh, the program you've alluded to, our Centers of Excellence program, is something that has achieved all three in concurrence. And I'm pretty proud of what we've done. Centers of Excellence have been around a while. Yes. Especially if you're a really large employer and you're self-funded, having Centers of Excellence and building a program around those things has probably been common. Right. But for most employers out there who are not of the jumbo nature, this isn't necessarily something they've had access to. No. And actually, in many cases, it's something they may not have wanted access to. And it's exactly for the reason we talked about earlier, choice. When you're faced with the data, which we'll talk about around healthcare quality, it's hard to still agree after that, that choice is good. In a place like Seattle, a place like Spokane, a place like Dallas, Texas, where you go for surgical care matters. And it doesn't just matter as in this particular place has a better bedside manner or these individual physicians um, seem to have less availability, therefore they must be really good. It matters as in this place could kill me and this place could save me. We use a platform called Quantros as a national data source. It's an external view of Medicare. One of the things I like about it personally is we don't create it at Primera. We license it. So we don't know how every single hospital and individual physician is going to be ranked. They are assigned a quality score. We don't know how they're going to be ranked in terms of priority. But when you look at it in a place like Seattle, on a percentile basis, there are facilities performing at the 99th percentile for something like joint replacements, which means if you go there, you're probably at one of the top five or 10 hospitals in the country for that procedure. There are some that perform below the 10th percentile. And if I were to ask your listeners... Could they name them? I bet they could not. And they would even be surprised because they've been taught from a branding perspective that some are better than others, where they might fall on that list. And the key takeaway for me was if I, working in the healthcare industry, have a difficult time understanding this level of quality, what's it like to be working on a factory line for a large manufacturer? The likelihood that you're going home at night after making dinner for your kids, working a full day and managing the daily tasks of life downloading and digesting the Medicare file, probably not happening. And I felt we had a moral obligation to do something about it. And I think people just when you're, when you see the actual variation that exists and see that some people have gone for knee replacements and died, you can no longer look away. Which, right. I mean, I think from a standpoint of just reason, we would think how could someone die from a knee replacement, but it happens. It does infection, all of those things that you read horror yep. stories. Happens about. more often than you'd be comfortable to know. Yeah, I don't want to know. I'm trying to <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid the hospital. But at some point, all good things, I exactly. guess. Exactly. And know. the question we generally get after that is how can you, sitting on all that data, let us go to these scary places? And I always ask our employers, well in that case, what's the one product I can almost guarantee you buy from us? The broadest PPO available. Right. Employers to date have tried to avoid the phone calls of angry employees that feel as though you've taken away provider choice and that you're reducing their benefits. I get that. Right. Uh, having worked with employers for quite some time, I understand how difficult it is to message to people that we're taking away some of your choices, but it's for good reason. 
That said, when you start to see this level of variation, then realize not only can I send people to this provider system that performed in the 99th percentile, but I can save money doing it. It's hard really to think anything other than centers of excellence is a good thing. Yeah. So let's talk about joints because that's been the primary target for Primera in this program for what we're talking about. So let's talk about hips and knees and all the things in between. Absolutely. So our program really does three things. We take a look at quality both locally within Washington and Alaska as well as nationally. And based on an employer census file, say, we're going to use this external data source to identify a subset of facilities, a very small subset of facilities that we know are preeminently high quality at performing this procedure. The interesting thing in the state of Washington is we actually sent out an RFP to 36 different providers in this market and said, we have a minimum level of quality we need you to hit and a price point we need you to hit in return for being able to be a primary center of excellence for our membership. We got 22 bids back and were able to use the actual RFP process in a really competitive way to drive a minimum level of quality and cost efficiency for our members. And for those who have opted into our center of excellence program on a local level, you are going to that facility I mentioned that performs at the 99th percentile at a price point that has been bundled that is far below anything else in the market. And when you say bundled, mm-hmm. that means we're not paying for every screw or There's every no anesthesiologist bill coming from one, out of network. One bill. One bill. And because the price point is so low and the quality is so high, if you are a fully insured client, we've waived your cost share for going to that place. Just amazing. So an employer is going to save money. A member is going to actually have a benefit that is completely enhanced. And that provider is being rewarded with tangible volume for just doing things right. It really is about as good as we can offer from a benefits perspective. When we talk about waiving cost shares, mm-hmm. too, on a more traditional right. PPO plan, that's going to be deductibles, yep. co-insurance, co-pays. If you're on a high deductible health I plan, wish I could waive the deductible for <laughs> I you. I wish you could do The IRS yeah. beats me on that one. They do. But once you've met it, we can do that as well. Because you're going to waive essentially the co-insurance, Correct. right? Mm-hmm. So someone, and if you're going to have a knee or a hip replaced, I mean, let's be honest, you're blowing through your deductible exactly. anyway. Exactly. So it's still a great benefit. Exactly. And on the self-insured side, we're offering this as one of 11 different specialties where we offer a similar program. We aren't just limited to musculoskeletal, knees, hips, and spines. Many employers have moved into cardiac, transplants, even maternity. And I often get the question, is someone really going to actually make a different choice based on a steered maternity benefit? The answer is in the middle of a pregnancy, probably not. But if I'm planning to have a family and I know there's a financial reason I might be able to align to a higher quality system, should I have a high-risk maternity episode, et cetera? Yeah, I might consider it. We've even moved into things like CAR-T, which is an incredible treatment. It is for blood disorders and leukemia. It'll um, After they extract some of the patient's blood, they send it, they inject it with the means to fight the virus. And after a round of chemo, it's placed back in the patient. It's incredibly effective. It's also about three-quarter of a million dollars. If you're a smaller self-insured employer, there's your trend. There are some facilities that have agreed not to mark up the drug. Others have not. There are some facilities that will give you your money back if it doesn't work. And we're not saying deny access to the patient. What we're saying is maybe have a conversation around aligning to one of these centers. But again, should they choose not to, feel free to go somewhere else. And that's the thing I haven't noted yet, too. In our structure, we generally recommend do not change your current benefit today. Make it a tier two benefit. 
So what you've essentially offered is the ability to receive a better experience at tier one or stay with your current experience at tier two. You have not taken anything away. Exactly. Pay your coinsurance. And go anywhere you want. Just know you're not necessarily getting the higher quality care. And some employers have said, no, we'd like to be more restrictive. Many have said, you know what? That's a great way to ease into this topic and start to introduce the uh, concept that choice is bad. And I think that does take some time with employees because it's a really hard conversation to have and it's not meant to be insulting, but I'm not a doctor. Mm -hmm. So my having choice and picking someone based off of Yelp reviews or, you know, some other information that I find about out of pocket costs that can be helpful, but it doesn't tell the whole story. And exactly. I would like to rely on the experts to tell me what the data shows Exactly. to make those decisions. And I'd love to tell you that for the employers we've launched, that everyone always makes the right decision. That will we'll never get 100% of people to the right place, though. And there's one example where we had a gentleman who was going to an out-of-network spine institute in Florida that had a $12 million malpractice lawsuit against it. We offered the option with a cost share waiver to go to Duke University. And you'd be paying the travel expenses. Exactly. We were going to handle travel, allow them to bring a loved one. And they still said, no, my friend down the street really liked this other place and I trust him. We will never, even with data, be able to change everyone. But if we can move 20, 30, 40, 50% of people to the right place, we're making humanity a better place. we got to get there one step at a time. One right? at a time. And over time, those steps add up. So if you're fully insured and you're with Primera starting January, yep. the program is in place. And that also includes Optiflex, which mm. is one of the variants of a self-funded program. Yep. We are aggressively moving our business to the right direction. And in 21, we intend to expand to things like spine and cardiac. Super exciting. I'm excited too. Yeah. Because this is, you know, we hear a lot about narrowed networks. We hear more about things that feel like managed care. So this is a really interesting combination of, you know, we're not narrowing networks necessarily, but we are going to ask people to consider. Making better choices. Yeah. And we do a lot of other things with the program too. You mentioned the travel benefit. We have some employers that the savings has been so large based on their historical experience that they've actually overfunded the travel benefit beyond the IRS max. And we we help them with the tax preparation and things like that. Uh, We have some employers that frankly have started to look further upstream. We are already doing that, but they are trying to be very proactive to say, look, if someone's trending towards a spine surgery, can you flag them earlier? And that's something we obviously want to do with our fully insured groups too. If you visit a neurosurgeon and are about to have a, are having your spine looked at, okay, there's a reason you're there. If we shortly thereafter see a low back image, you're likely on track now to potentially have that surgery. Can I get to you earlier and say, look, physical therapy might solve this. We offer a program. Would you like to be participate? And that's why we not only have local physical therapy options on the self-insured side, we have virtual options as well. There are a number of companies now that offer physical therapy in a digital way. So there's a number of things we can do upstream before eventually getting to that prior auth when you think you need the surgery and have psychologically prepared yourself for it. And if we can do that, we want to. And you have a number of ways as being Primera Mm -hmm. to send out notices, to have a nurse, case manager, reach out to someone. So you're not asking employers to try to catch people. Nope. We're doing it on their behalf. And you've got all of the data to do that. Exactly. Which is incredibly meaningful for sure. Absolutely. So if you're self-funded, you have choices. Mm -hmm. You can opt in. 
there's a case fee and those I'm sure will vary based on whether it's cardiac or they're consistent now. And to your point, as we learn more, we'll probably vary over time. Okay. Um, I think this is year two of the program. So we had our major first generation of clients last year. We are about 13 fold expanding for one, one, not to mention adding it as a fully insured benefit. So we will have a pretty deep set of data on how effective we are at getting people to the right place, understanding whether providers are delivering in a way we think they should and making sure that employers are saving money. And we'll continue to refine the program around that. But to your point, Bridge Health or Carum and all these other companies that generally charge an administrative fee and the case rate, we've decided to not charge any admin fee. So just, so just the case, the case rate. rate for every time we get someone to the right place. And that allows us, frankly, just to pay for all of the upstream analytics that we use to guide the program. Yeah. But on cost savings, when you talk about joints, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes there's a cost delta of ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. Yeah. You can have rates that are two, three, three X in just in Seattle alone, depending on where you go. And I can promise you to your earlier point, they are in no way correlated with quality. Yeah. If you go to Alabama, it can be less than $10,000 for that procedure. If you go to Dallas, it can be often greater than 30 or 40. That variation in costs exists everywhere. So it's not just a quality problem. It's a cost problem too. And we think we've solved for that. Yeah. So for employers who are wrestling, and I feel like there are a lot of employers who've long been wrestling with this conversation internally about how much more can we take in healthcare. Uh-huh. And yet we're yeah, I would say a good portion that are frozen in a sense yeah. of, you know, we keep complaining and we keep hating where we're at, uh, but there are options. We're not stuck. There are a number of no options. No one is stuck. Today. Yes, today. So if you are ready to look at options to do something different, to make your healthcare work better, to do something that is about quality and cost, then let's talk because healthcare costs aren't going down, are they? I don't think so. Unfortunate. Seems like a pretty consistent theme over time. Is the government going to rescue <laughs> us from this all? Premier is going to keep trying to do all we can while we're still in business, yes. Right. Well, I mean, it's, I joke, but, you know, it's, healthcare has long been a topic yeah. of conversation with government and there's, there's no real intervention. No, I think so, employers basically are sitting at the forefront of what can be done. That's it's right. It's just their willingness to do so. Yes. If you'd like to learn more ways that you can make healthcare work better for your employees, let's talk. You can also follow the checkup on our YouTube channel or through iTunes, Stitcher, and DanielleHouston.com. Let's explore ways together that we can solve these old problems. We're all in it together. Thanks for checking in.